New York City. You are now rapping. Welcome to One Day Contract, the Panthers talk show where each week we're joined by a new personality who keeps signed to a one day contract to join the show. One Day Contract is a proud part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Check out some of our network mates. It is what it is. The Roaring Riot Podcast, Not What You Think, and the Carolina Line for more great talk about your favorite team. Follow the Riot Network on Twitter, at the Riot Network, to stay up to date on all your favorite pods. Subscribe, rate, love us wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Nikki Wolf. With me, as always, Colin Hoggard columnist and contributor for the Riot Report and trying to reconcile with the fact that Nick Batum played better for France yesterday than he has at any point in his Hornets career. Oh, well, that's that's really special. What a lovely what a lovely introduction. At least we did get to see that Donovan Mitchell and Kimba wouldn't have been great as a backcourt. I like how Josh pointed at you like you didn't know your name was Colin when I started saying your no, name. No, I did it because you said before we started, you were like, I don't know who I'm going to introduce first. And then I was like, ooh, Colin's on the hook for it. I'll, I'll, it's like you got excited. I'll, like, I'll, hang up and, I'll hang up and listen until I'm, until I'm introduced. Mickey, I'm sorry. Did, has, has, has Josh been introduced yet? Because he was just contributing to the show, and I thought we thought we'd established. Oh, no. You know how it goes by I know, now. I know. Should we introduce him or shoot? What if we didn't introduce him for a show? What would he do for like... An hour. Talk louder. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Oh, that what is Josh Klein, managing editor for the Riot Report, co-host of It Is What It Is, thinks Succession is the best show on television and it's not close. Yes, I am. Do you guys not watch Succession? I don't. Oh, my God. You got to get in on that walker. Oh, sorry. Don't don't talk. You're not, oh, not allowed. Oh, Succession, not yeah. Succession. No, oh, yeah. Completely that's... different show. <laughs> Uh, Different networks <laughs> and time frames. Secession, I think, is on the Vice Network, right? That's what they're talking about. Like, they want to do... I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, Succession, check it out. It's on HBO. Uh, Cousin Greg is absolutely spectacular. Uh, I'm just... I'm all in on it. My wife and I cannot wait. We literally... Um, we watched it instead of watching the second half of the Texans Saints game on Monday night. And then we came in for the ending, of course. But we... Uh, just wanted to get that succession. It's so good. How Go many check it out. seasons are there? We're in the middle of the second season, so uh, I would encourage you to binge that first one, get caught back up. Okay. Got to give it like two episodes to find its tone, but it's uh, it's fantastic. I think it's um, if you like the leftovers or what's another uh, show that you might have liked? Billions. If you like billions, oh okay, yeah, it's like that. It's like kind of funny, kind of dark, kind of like weirdly. Um, gross in a way but it's awesome weirdly gross yeah and it's like kind of based on real life so you're like ooh, i think so in this past episode it was like oh you like google you watch the episode and you're like who do you think that's based on and then you have a, a fight about like oh i think that's the guy that owns fox news or that's the people that owned um the wall street journal whatever oh yeah okay. it's fun right maybe i'll check it out <laughs> it's a succession podcast we should there's actually a really good one out there i would encourage you guys to check it out are you the host? No. I wish I was, though. <laughs> You're like really sad about that. Yeah. If somebody wants to start a succession podcast, hit me up on Twitter at Josh Klein Rules. Uh, yeah, and that's it. That's what about how- your beautiful wife, Renee, since she watches it with you? She would actually be uh, terrific on a podcast. No, she would be terrible. She would just yell at me the whole time. She would be like, stop talking. I would listen to that show. Yeah, she has to listen to me do this at home, so I don't think she wants to get in front of a microphone and do it. That's true. Well, let's introduce our guests before we go into a whole nother... Wait, did you say that's true? <laughs> no. My maybe? wife loves I me. I don't know. 
She wants to spend time with me. She does. She does. It's beautiful. She doesn't. Love and marriage, beautiful. On the one-day contract this week, Walker Mayo, co-host of The Wake Up Call on ESPN 730 The Game, and the Locked on Hornets podcast, probably one of only a few people who could go toe-to-toe on Hornets misery with Colin. Oh, I imagine there's a lot of us out there, right? Uh, there's, in, in fact, I think you can't be a Hornets fan without experiencing the misery that it is that Colin and I both experience with it. What exactly do you experience other than is there misery? Anyth- is there anything else? Like just a general malaise? And, and, and occasional apathy. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. No, and it's and it's tough because I did too as well. Uh, suffer the experience that was Nick Batum playing better for France than he does for the Charlotte Hornets. Not fun to watch. Save it for Hornets Corner. Nobody wants to hear All right. this talk. That's true. That's right. Wow. You're right about that. Wow. Ooh, I'm, sorry for, I'm sorry for yelling at you. No, right I only host that, a but... podcast about it. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> yeah. Sorry that nobody wants to hear about your. Could you Meanwhile, a, let's ask a very important question. Could you do a plug for us? If you don't, can we yeah. run a promo? Locked on Hornets. Yeah. Uh, it's the best. Pan- We're looking best to increase Hornets our numbers. Podcast. Think you would do great at it. Yeah, I'm. I'm <laughs> terrible at this. <laughs> Podcasting. That is. I can't wait for your new podcast to come out. Then. Yeah, succession. the Succession podcast. It's yeah. called um, Number One Boys. It's literally the name of the podcast that already exists for Succession. Okay, what are you going to call yours? Number two, boys. Yeah. That's a completely different podcast. Yeah. It's way different. I don't know if I'm clicking on that. It's a it's a video podcast, so it's <laughs> definitely going to put the, the put the earbuds in for that one. I don't know if that you get more than two it. curses on something like that, though. So. All right, moving on. Uh, we start the show with Nikki's super important question: Why did you laugh? Mostly because I'm so dumb, and like I, this, this podcast like highlights it. Not at all. Yeah, not at all. Your succession one. I can't say that word either. Succession. I can't either. And I have a slight lisp, so it's like now it's bringing it out. <laughs> can't wait. Can't wait. All right. The super important question this week: Your week one thoughts, non Panthers. Non Panthers. Non Panthers. Week one thoughts. Man, I I don't know if the Falcons are going to be good this year. Mm. I really don't. And the Falcons got destroyed by the Minnesota Vikings, and they had a talented roster heading into the offseason. But then you start to see them really struggle in the preseason, and I, I you can't take a lot from the preseason, and I get all of that. But then you have Chris Lindstrom go down. Their other first-round offensive lineman already experienced an injury. I know there's a heart issue. Who knows if that could pop back up. And Devontae Freeman is always injured. I don't think Ito Smith is very good at football. So <laughs> Devin Coleman is now with San Francisco. He's always injured anyway. I, I just, the Falcons, I'm really scared of. And they didn't even bounce back at all when they got thumped in the first half against Minnesota. And so when you're talking about the NFC South, I think a lot of people at the beginning said, okay, it's obviously going to be New Orleans, the Atlanta Falcons, and Carolina, and Tampa Bay. Who knows what they do with Bruce Arians, but they're probably going to be fourth. And I think I'm comfortably putting the Atlanta Falcons at least third in the NFC South. Yeah. And in your week one overreaction, it probably is, but I just don't get a good feeling about the Falcons at all. So very, very Carolina Panther central takeaway from week one when there are other big storylines, but just do not believe in the Falcons this year after what we've seen in training camp, preseason, and week one against the Vikings. Yeah, I mean, to me, I think a lot of people get caught up in the idea that like, 
your the Falcons' offensive line was bad last year, right? So I think a lot of people were like, well, they went out, they drafted two offensive linemen, it's going to be great. First, two first-round picks, how could it be bad? You can't guarantee – like, there is never a guarantee that any player is going to be good coming into the NFL. Number one pick, number eight pick, like, it doesn't matter whether it's – like, these guys surprise us in the draft every single year. You're like, well, they drafted Daniel Jones at six. He's going to be terrible. And then all of a sudden he looks like, you know, Joe Namath out there. Right. And it's like these these things that we think we know about these draft picks, and everybody tends to think – I think now – it's less true than it used to be, but I think it used to be if you drafted an offensive lineman in the first round, it was like, that's a good pick. That guy's going to be good. Like, there was no, well, you draft an offensive lineman, he's not good. Like, if you, you went safe, you didn't try to upset the apple cart, get anybody exciting, and that's what they did. And there's no guarantee that these guys, Kale McGarry and Lindstrom, are going to be good. Well, and one, and they're injured, right? Lindstrom's yeah. going to be out for a long time. So even if he is good, he's going to be gone for a long time. And their defensive ends are pass rushers, and they're not amazing. I don't know if they're giving you the output you would want from first-round picks like Tack McKinley and Vic Beasley. And they're not run-stuffers, which this is why Dalvin Cook and Madison had good days. And then when everybody wanted to give them the excuse of the injuries – a couple of those guys came back, and they still weren't very good. They yeah. still struggled at the end of the season. So Falcons, my main takeaway, don't think they're going to be as good as a lot of people thought they would be. Now, you brought up the Vikings. Which Minnesota Viking do you think is actually dating Lizzo? Oh, I have no Who is clue. that new man on the Minnesota Vikings? <laughs> what? I have no clue. That took me well, for she sure. puts I have a up. question. I'm raising my hand. Okay. Uh, what's a Lizzo? All right. Mm-hmm. Well, she puts the sing and single. Oh, and uh, that, that, she, that hint that gave you something. Me. She ain't got no <laughs> ring on her finger. Didn't give me anything. And uh, and she's got a new man on the Minnesota Vikings. And oh. I assumed that that was a real person. And I think we can all assume it's not Kirk Cousins. But I just I wasn't sure if that was like a known fact. If anybody knew who it might be. Okay, so I know the song. Yes. Uh, it's the second time I've been uh, I've been fooled on that. I couldn't get the reference. And how about an upset? Bobby Rosinski on the wake up call wow. made that reference, and I did not get it. Wow. Molly didn't get it either. So it's the second time that I haven't gotten it. I don't know who the Minnesota Viking would I be. I feel like you guys should be embarrassed that Bobby Rosinski is now the coolest guy <laughs> on the wake up call. Like that's. Yikes! I, I think he's got a lot more work to do than just that. <laughs> At least I would hope so. I feel like he like that it was kind an upset. of thing. Like you jump, you just jump uh-huh. up a level, and then you have to like jump back up over him. Okay. I, I definitely feel like Bobby went home and bragged a little bit about that one. Oh, he told his wife, yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent sure. sure. at the dinner table. That was the number one topic of discussion. And Babe, she guess said, who was the cool one on the show today? <laughs> she probably right. said, "What's a Lizzo? What are you all talking about?" <laughs> right? How and then he felt even cooler. Know, how am I the one that knows this Lizzo reference? Lizzo is because apparently some of us are watching football. <laughs> the truth hurts. <laughs> uh, I at I think, least knew who it was, but I did. I only found out like a few weeks ago. All right, that's fair. Um, I think for me, it was the dawn of the Lamar Jackson era, and I know that obviously they played the Dolphins, who are maybe. Why not- are we ignoring that fact? They why, played the Dolphins. Why do we have why, to? Because it matters. Okay, because they're a Triple A team. That's totally fine, but just because they're a, just because they're a bad team doesn't mean that he didn't. You have to beat these bad teams. There are bad teams that got beaten thirty-four to twenty-two 
that's not a good score, but you know what I'm saying. No, but we don't crown quarterbacks based on beating 32nd ranked teams not, in the NFL. I'm not crowning him. I'm oh, just saying. But, no, but you're joining in on. The, I mean, there's there's definitely been a crowning going on this week. Lamar Jackson was good As last bonum. year. He was a he was an NFL quarterback that in a in in a system. Now let me tell let me tell you a story. Can you imagine a quarterback that comes into the league who people don't recognize their playing style and they say, well, this guy is never going to make it at the NFL level because he doesn't doesn't play like the quarterbacks that we're used to. Maybe he has a different body type. And a coach went out and adjusted their play calling, and they brought in a scheme and a game plan to focus on this player's strengths as he got better at being an NFL quarterback. And then eventually he grew into himself and became who a he became. A winner in week one over a team that's the 32nd worst team in the NFL. So you're out on Lamar I'm, Jackson. I'm not out on Lamar <laughs> as so much as – well, for, I'm out on Lamar in the sense that I don't think he, I don't think he lasts. I don't really. I, I, you just like think he gets hurt? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm in that camp. Like, it can look great for a short period of time. Let's not forget that RG three led the Redskins to the to the playoffs. Like, these guys can be exceptional talents, but you have to be able to last. I mean, we're seeing now. They said Cam couldn't play this this way for as long as he has, and at his size, right? And I know you're making the face because we're starting to get to the end, right? Exactly the point. But this is a guy that's six five two fifty. And we're getting to the end, and it's only been eight years. So what? What's it look like for a guy that's smaller than that? That's the, all. I, I just don't. I, this 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 decision that that Lamar Jackson has proven himself as a worthy NFL quarterback that's here for uh, a long time, based on this week, it, it's just it was the number one overreaction to me. Yeah, the, the reasonable take is to meet in the middle. But the one thing about Lamar Jackson, as far as running, is man, he only had six rushing yards. He didn't run. I mean, this is it was all bombs, and the one thing about Lamar Jackson, bombs, baby. it was all bombs. And when you look at Lamar Jackson coming out of college, he was a really good deep ball thrower, and a lot of people would ignore that fact because he was so electric running it. But he was a really accurate, very good, very strong arm. The the flick of the wrist, how about? I mean, that's oh ridiculous. God, that, was awesome. that was dumb. And when you see Lamar Jackson throw the ball like that, I think that's the thing that has people excited because six rushing yards. I think it was like three attempts. He didn't run against that Miami yeah. Dolphins team. And I think that's what has people amped up. Totally right. Dolphins really could be the worst team I've ever seen, including the or the defeated Lions team that went 0-16. I mean, have we ever seen reports of multiple people wanting to be traded after week one <laughs> on a team? I mean, I'm so just, sad. Look, I, 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 want Lamar, I want all these guys to do, do, do well. I think the league is better the more diverse guys we have. The, the more the league looks different from team to team, that's better. It makes it more interesting to watch. I just... I don't know. Like it's like we agree that the Dolphins are bad, but we want to root for Lamar Jackson, so we're just going to ignore that fact and we're going to, pro, you know, proclaim. Who is the coach Jackson. for RG three? Like I, I know I like Harbaugh better than whoever that was. Like is it Zorn? Zorn wasn't there yet. I, he was gone by then, right? When RG three was, was it there. Shanny, right? Yeah. It was, well, it was. It was That's yeah, right. Because because yeah. Kyle kept because they kept running him. That was the thing. Okay. Right. When he was he had the well, yeah. yeah. I do like the offensive coordinator of him, obviously, but yeah, yeah we'll we'll see. Yeah. I, it'll be fascinating to watch how that plays out. This I year. just I just don't think he's going to look as good playing against the the Ravens and Steelers, which. You know, well, right, playing like, against the Ravens, he's going to look great. Yeah, he's going to look great against yeah. them, because <laughs> he's going to be on a different team. Because he's not going to be a good enough to be a franchise quarterback. <laughs> <you> smart ass. <laughs> gotcha. <Get out> <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> I just, I, I was just really impressed. And also, if I can say, uh, bringing it back into Carolina, when you see a quarterback throw a ball like that, does it make you realize that the quarterback here just doesn't play like that anymore? Like he does not. 
I don't think that Cam Newton has that kind of throw in his skill set anymore. And that doesn't mean he can't be a successful quarterback, but when you see Lamar Jackson flick his wrist and it goes 60 yards downfield, until, obviously, until we see Cam do it, then you can say, well, Josh, you were wrong, but we haven't seen him do it in three years. And I'm worried that it's just not going to happen now. That the long pass that we see from Cam Newton is a, you know, a 35, 40-yard rainbow that goes over the middle and he hits Curtis Samuel or DJ Moore in stride. And that's almost certainly going to happen on Thursday night, tonight. Uh, And I think that it's going to... Sorry, I got so thrown off by the date. Um, (laughs) So proud of yourself. No, I really wasn't. I was was just like... that wink? I started talking. (laughs) Oh, man. This is good podcasting. Um, It's Wednesday. Uh, I think that it's almost certainly going to happen on Thursday night football, and everybody's going to say, oh, well, Cam Newton is back. Like He can throw the deep ball, but I think there's a difference between what Cam Newton maybe is going to do and can do and what you can do as a 24, 25-year-old, what these younger quarterbacks are doing. And I think last year when they were in Cleveland, it was the same thing. You saw Baker just kind of rear back and throw this 60-yard bomb and hit Jarvis Landry in stride, and it was like... Oh, I just don't. It was an amazing throw. Yeah, you don't see that kind of stuff. I, I just, in my mind's eye, I can't see Cam doing that. Well, are we doing the big, are we doing the Cam conversation now? Because uh, I feel like, we, sure, I feel, I feel like we, we? we've cracked the, the, cracked the, yeah, the can of worms here. Um, well, I, I think for me with, with Cam, the, the, the problem is that I think you're, you're right, certainly in terms of his arm strength. The problem is that you, you assume and I think this was maybe perhaps some of Rivera's frustration that we witnessed on Sunday because he was a couple times, particularly when like the, they had the, the helmet speaker wasn't working and the guy's like, I don't know, man, it's working. And then Cam puts his helmet back on and then all of a sudden the, the speaker's magically working again. Um, I thought Rivera looked particularly frustrated in that, in that moment. And then his post-game press conference when, or when he talked about Cam's decisions. The trade-off that you think you're going to get because guys' arms do get dinged up is that – the guy at quarterback is going to become more of a veteran presence, going to become more of a, a field general. And while captain is something that – a title that Cam has earned and held here for a long time, he is a captain. He is not a field general. And if you're going – that's the part that you need to get – he needs to get better at if you're going to lose the other part. Like, that's how you win. That's how guys like Brady and Breeze continue to stick around is by becoming better at the other stuff. And at this point, it feels like we've had, you know, he's gotten a little bit slower. He, his deep ball is not as deep. I mean, he didn't, he, he didn't throw one last week. I was pretty surprised by that myself. Um, and, he, you know, you, you see they, he runs a, a play to the wrong side. Okay, that happens. But, like, even, even like when they don't get the play calling, run up there and go call a play. I don't – like, you're, you've been in the league long enough for you to call a play. And instead of looking around going, who's going to tell me what to do – you're the general. You go figure it out. And if they get mad at you because you didn't get the call and you called something on your own, okay. What do you, like, you've earned that. You can do these things. I, I, I want Cam to take ownership of that position because you're right. The deep throw is never coming back if his shoulder – I mean, if you get shoulder surgeries, it's not. But you can fix these other things, the clock management in the last two minutes and things like that. These are things that Cam can work on to become that field general and increase the, the length of his time. And I think it's what a lot of us thought he was going to do as we entered this second phase. But I remember last year, we started the year, and you're going, has this guy ever tried to manage a clock again or before? And now this year, it felt like, again, he was not buttoned up the way you expect a field general to be buttoned up week one. And I'm, 
and, and, and he's rusty. That's fine, like from, you know, the lack of preseason. But he has not improved his command in, that, in the pocket and his command on the field, in my opinion. I questioned why he wouldn't just call a play as well. And I feel like that wasn't getting talked about enough. You know, the, it obviously wasn't working the first time. You thought you had it fixed. And I believe they burned a timeout right there so he could go to the sideline. Yep. And then, of course, and then we, have the, game. we have the timeout problems again at in this game, like we've always had, where they constantly, I think, misuse their timeouts, don't have yep. them at the end of the game. And that happened again and could have helped them a lot in this game that they were going with. You know, Josh, I know you covered the Panthers a lot down in training camp down in Spartanburg and it seemed like the videos that we were seeing and we talked with Molly all the time who was also down there as well it seemed like he was throwing the deep ball right it, it seemed like he was and yeah well the thing is is he was he wasn't I don't I call him off the I call him off the top of the screen throws where you see them the ball just kind of exits vertically out of the a breeze out of the ball. screen a yeah, breeze yeah. or yeah. Roethlisberger used to do it all the time doesn't do it anymore because he's a different quarterback now but you see Deshaun Watson do it. you see these younger guys they just kind of throw it straight up in the air and then the next thing you see is it dropping down into a receiver's arms and that is not the kind of deep throw that he was doing yeah. he was throwing it he was throwing it 35 40 yards downfield mm-hmm. and he was doing it accurately which again is Colin said it I was surprised that he didn't go deep but I I think that is going to come but I just don't think the it's going off the top of the screen I just wonder because then it then it changes a little bit of the story, right? Because if he was doing that in training camp and then all of a sudden we're really scared, then it's like, okay, what happened within basically two weeks' time or three weeks' time when training camp ended basically three weeks' time or a month or so? And then you look at Cam Newton just not throwing that deep anymore. What happened again, right? I mean, is it is it that little of a time that it takes for his shoulder to struggle that much? And I feel like the velocity is still okay. Yeah. I mean, we can go back to DJ Moore's first reception yeah we can go back that was a, a throw to the far sideline for cam newton i thought it had good zip i thought all of his throws had good zip he wasn't accurate in this game especially in the second half he was not an accurate quarterback he missed greg olson a bunch of times missed dj moore a couple times the one deep throw that he had to curtis samuel yep. that was missed so to me it was just the accuracy issues for cam but to me I, I didn't have any problem with the velocity i don't think i am where you guys are about worrying about the deep ball yet but I can certainly see how two shoulder surgeries, three years, it's a problem. Didn't see it in game one. If it doesn't happen in Tampa and it doesn't against Tampa and it doesn't happen, you know, week three and week four, then yeah, I mean, this is this is going to have to be something we just accept as reality. I, I was I was a little bit surprised we didn't see it specifically because we talked about so much the second half of last year, and I'm sure you guys did as well, that the defenses were just creeping up, creeping up, and here come the Rams right out of the gate. And I'm going, well, you're gonna, you're gonna try and bust them open, right? And they just they just didn't. Well, I think to me a lot of this, and I've been thinking about this for the past three or four days because I've been trying to kind of like gauge where my mind is at because I don't I didn't want to necessarily be like, well, he just doesn't have it because I don't think that he doesn't have it. I think he can still throw the ball. I think that it was a huge part of their game plan was to get it out of his hands early, was to not have guys run deep posts that takes six seconds to develop. I think if you do that with Aaron Donald, it's going to be a problem. You saw the sacks that they got were miscommunications on the line where Daryl Williams didn't know the snap count, whatever. These kind of things happen. It's football. There's 60 snaps. Sometimes your guys are going to make mistakes. I don't think that there was a moment where it would, where they even had him sit back there for four or five seconds and let, uh, let a play develop. It was five step drop, look left. That guy's not open. I'm going to McCaffrey on the right. And I don't know whether that is a function of 
this is what you have to do, Cam. This is how when Aaron Donald is in front of you, you have to get this ball out quickly. Or whether it was a thing where he said, hey, I got to get this ball out early because I I don't want to get hit. And I I don't have the time back here to to mess around and dance. I have to I got to get this thing out, which is what we all wanted him to do for so many years. We said, you got to take the check, got to. Take the layups. Like, that was a good thing. Two years ago, the the headline was Cam Newton is learning to take the layups, and it was a joyous story. Mm-hmm. And now he's taking the layups, and we're all kind of faulting him for it. But my thing is that the layups have to come with the three-pointers because if all you're doing is going to the lane, they're going to bat. They're going to get that defense right up in there. This is all basketball talk for you guys. I thought you would appreciate it. No, it helps me. Yes, mm-hmm. thank you. Visualize. Mm-hmm. How many players are in football? They're going to put Bismack Biombo right there, <laughs> and he's going to try and block shots, but they're they're going to adjust to it. And until he does go deep, and if I were North Turner, if I were Cam Newton, I might say, we have to go deep like like within the first two drives. You go first play, play action, I just, send just, it deep. Just don't care. Who cares it's whether it's incomplete? Or how about if it's on like third and 17, you just say, Cam, we're going to send Curtis Samuel down the left sideline. You throw it as far as you can down there. And if he can't get it, and if it gets intercepted, then who gives a shit? There's your first curse. <laughs> well, I do, I do think we have a little bit of an answer, though, because Rivera, when asked about it in the press conference, and I think Rivera's being honest here because there's no gain for him. Like he... You know, what he said, it's about the player. He didn't. He said the player's choices. So that's the terminology, yeah. right? Uh, it's, it's up to. It's the player's choice. What he, the choices he makes on the field. So that to me says that it was a cam decision. I do think the, the offensive line trust issue is a real thing. You, you had not just Aaron Donald. You have Clay Matthews. You know they've got other talented pass rushers there. I do think that. Perhaps the lack of time in the off season. I know we, we you know say guys don't need it, injuries, whatever. I do think that. He was. It may have been a lack of confidence in his offensive line, and that will get better with time. That's the that's the, the the tricky part about doing a podcast after week one when there is no preseason. Is that week one looks we a lot yep. like yeah. a preseason, a, a, a week three preseason game. You know what it reminded me of was in 2017. Cam didn't play at all during the preseason. Essentially, he played one drive in Jacksonville, and the first game he came out and he looked he looked bad. And, yes, he had two touchdowns, but one of them was, like, an out to Russell Shepard who took it and ran down the sidelines. He oh, just and it wasn't a good throw. I yeah, exactly. San Francisco. You remember that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the next week they won 9-3 over Buffalo. And then the week after that they got blown out by New Orleans. And everybody was like, oh, my God, this season's over. The, the Panthers are terrible. And then after Cam had had three or four weeks of full practice of playing in games – then it's like, oh, they go to New England and Cam is yeah. Cam again. So I wonder if we aren't going to three, four weeks into the season, he's going to grow into himself from a mental standpoint, from a physical standpoint. And whether or not he can throw the ball off the top of the screen is not – they can still – he couldn't do that last year and they went 6-2 and two to start the season. So this is not a team that needs him to do that, but we sometimes tend to get caught up in how far his – he can throw the ball, and that's the only way they're going to win is if he can throw it deep. If you look at Cam recently in the season openers, this is actually the first time he's thrown for over 200 yards in like the last five years. Yeah. You go back to last year, under 200 yards. Uh, I think there's only one year in between 2015 and now where he did not, did not have an interception. And every other time, again, it was under 200. This is someone that struggles every single season opener. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's not many games where he comes out ready to go at the beginning of the season. And then to your point, you, you mentioned that New England Patriots game, which is exactly what I was thinking, where he's yep. throwing dimes to Kelvin Benjamin. They go out, they beat a really good team like the Patriots. And then I think you get the Detroit Lions game right after 
that where he looked good. That was the Ed Dixon game. And then Cam Newton maybe is a little bit inconsistent, but they eventually would go on to the playoffs. And maybe one of the most accurate games I've ever seen in my life was him playing against yeah. the New Orleans Saints. So then you got to figure that out. And, of course, what throws all that to the wayside is the other shoulder surgery, the other shoulder injury. Now, where does that – now that you throw that into the equation – can you still take all of that history and apply it to what we saw in this season opener against the Rams? Yeah, I think if you think about, if you kind of use that that season as kind of a a, map, a blueprint for this season, or even last season. Last year they went out to, they played Dallas in the home opener and they won 16-8. It's not like they, not like Cam looked good or the team looked good. They they look like but they it was were the first of, game with North Turner and I mean like that was the no no but that was, that was the storyline but, yeah. but guess what if they'd have played the Rams last year they would have lost if they'd have played the Rams in 2017 they would have lost because they played the six and ten Forty Niners who were helmed by I believe Brian Hoyer and last year they played against the Cowboys who could barely get it together I think that if you put a good when you go up against the defending NFC champs. And you play like they played when you have three turnovers, when you can't throw the ball deep, when you are rusty like he was, you're not going to win. And that's exactly what happened. They, the fact that they were in the game should be at least encouraging. My favorite hypothetical storyline that's going to happen is they play Tampa Bay. They play well enough to win, but Cam doesn't particularly play well. Maybe he doesn't even throw the ball deep. We go to Arizona, and they maybe they play well enough to beat the Cardinals, but maybe it's closer than you think. Maybe Kyler pulls off some sort of miracle. Everybody writes them off for dead, and then they go into Houston, who is looks like world beaters, and then you see this team kind of come of age in week four. That's a hypothetical that I think could be a reality uh, it's very specific. We've seen it before. Yeah. We, we just went over yeah. what we saw from that. It was the same exact example. I mean, we've seen that before. Yeah. What were the Texans doing the last play of that New Orleans game, by the way? They were playing prevent defense. And, uh, oh. What's what the is, only thing what is, prevent defense? <laughs> 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 like, literally, did you say, I don't know if, uh, if the camera is going to pick up Colin, like, jump. Oh, can I? Here we go. <laughs> what does prevent defense do? Only thing prevent defense does is prevent you from winning. <laughs> you, got, you got it in there. That is the truth. Let's take a break real quick. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk more about looking ahead to Thursday Night Football, and let's take a look at this restructuring that happened. This week on the Carolina Line, Al Wallace and I, Kevin Donnelly, talk about the Carolina Panthers, the recap of the Rams game, and we preview the Bucks. And, Al, this is going to be a matchup Thursday night. Yes, yeah, it's going to be a good one. The Rams are behind us. Jameis Winston, Bruce Arians coming in town. We're going to see this Panthers defense. Cam Newton get after this football team. NFC South, they need a win at home, primetime. All eyes are watching. At all eyes watching. There's going to be a lot of emotion. McCoy going against his former team. We talk about that factor. We even talk about Al Wallace getting real with his feelings as he drops his daughter at college. So tune in this week. We got a great podcast for you. Carolina Line. So last week, the Panthers restructured $13 million worth of cap room. So let's go through kind of what you think is the order of importance right here. Um, should Bradbury be resigned? Should Shaq be back? Or should we be extending Cam and CMC? Is there anybody that I'm not naming after I say that? Um, that should be in this conversation. We left Greg Van Roten off the list. Uh, no, I think <laughs> I think it, as soon as they can, as soon as they can extend Christian McCaffrey, they should because we said it last week. The moment that you sign him to a contract, he's going to be a good value. 
because the next person that the next running back that signs after him is going to sign for more. He's essentially going to reset the running back market, and everybody's going to make fun of him because Marty Herney is. Uh, yes. It, yeah, Marty Herney gives money to running backs, and he couldn't possibly make a good decision now because he made a bad decision a few years ago. But whatever. Which he loved making that joke on himself, by the way, all the time. Like Absolutely. he would, yeah, he would always talk. You're right, though. He's Chris McCaffrey's the guy you give the big money to, and people are going to make fun of him. Yeah, I'm I, so glad it took one week for this to come around. <laughs> <laughs> Give money to uh, running backs. Hey. I said it last week. Yeah, I know. And then I went back the other way <laughs> within yes, 10 can. minutes of each other. Always on both sides of the fence. That's right, what? baby. I like to put a lot of stuff on tape. I mean, this this is so Christian's obviously the one. I think he's the best player in this offense. I don't think that's a crazy thing to say at this point. Nope. Um, Bradbury, it, he's he's going to be probably be third for me. I probably would put Shaq ahead of him. Really, I would, and and it, particularly because we saw Shaq look really good this year. I still, I I, I was a Shaq guy. Um, I'm still a, a Shaq apologist. I don't. I think the fact that Thomas Davis, I do think that Thomas Davis took snaps away, took plays away from Shaq Thompson, and there was times when you couldn't say it publicly, but I would have liked to have seen Shaq out there more than than Thomas towards the end but we didn't see that so but I'm encouraged by what I saw if he has a if he has a season or plays to the level you know not even what just what we saw in week one I especially because we still have uh some doubts about how long for Luke is that can I say I don't like saying these things right I would like some security there and Bradbury incredible uh interception but I think he'd be third I go James. I, I think James Bradbury is a guy you need to take care of. I, I like having Bradbury. I like having Dante Jackson. I think I'm a Bradbury fan. There are people that aren't. Um, it was funny to see the first year where he had a really good rookie year. Pro Football Focus loved him. They give him all these high grades, and you know he's got a, a couple of interceptions. But I think he was really good in coverage. And then kind of up and down years, his second and third seasons in the league. I, I think. The one thing you can take away is he has typically played well against the receivers in the division. You look at just comparatively Julio Jones for what everybody else plays against him. James Bradbury's played pretty well. Yep. Mike Evans, we know about the Mike Evans games that he had last year. Mike Thomas was able to catch a couple touchdown passes on him, but the yardage hasn't been insane. You know, Michael Thomas is the target for that team. Bradbury's played well against those guys. On the other hand, you do get some of the Kenny Galladay games, but I, I think that was the, that game against Detroit, which people like to reference. Kenny Galladay just kind of balled out in that one. I mean, those were just him. Uh, James Bradbury should have made more plays, but I think you get more positive than negative from James Bradbury in that division where there are so many weapons. I know that you have a little bit of an older quarterback in Drew Brees. Still, they are pass-happy offenses. Give me Bradbury. I put him higher on the priority list than Shaq Thompson. The one thing I'll say about Shaq, man, the, the things that I had problem with Shaq about was the ability to shed blocks. I felt like that was a problem for him coming in out of Washington, and I felt like that was a constant flaw of his throughout his entire career so far. You look at what he did against the Rams. Yeah. That's the most physical I've ever seen him play. And I don't think there's any question about it. Instead of him hitting guys where he kind of gets trucked a little bit and falls back or just brings him down but the player still falls forward, he was knocking guys back. I mean, he was not allowing one extra yard off of contact. Man, that's not the Shaq that we've seen. He actually got off a couple blocks in this game. We've seen good games from him before. We can go back to Dallas last year, the season opener. Shaq Thompson had a good game in that season opener against Dallas. Then he kind of tailed off to me, and you know he was not the first rounder that you hoped he'd be. He was really physical in this game against the Rams, and I yeah. think that's something. When you have one trait that was a weakness turned into, whoa, okay, 
I'm here for this, Shaq. If that continues to happen, then I'm with you on keeping Shaq. And I used to be uh, not anti-Shaq. I just wasn't all in on him. But if he gives me that, and if that happens all season long, I'm fine to re-sign Shaq. And I'm kind of with you on Luke. We, I'm not worried about it constantly, but we are one concussion away from that being yeah. a legitimate question. You're not worried about it constantly until he stays down on the ground for one extra half second, and then you're immediately worried. Yeah, and and, and to your point too, like Bradbury, Bradbury, especially since Julio just resigned. My question is, what is his? Because he's definitely the, the team's number one cornerback. Yeah. But a, a number one cornerback that doesn't turn the ball over, how how do you pay that? You know, like how does that number look? Um, that would be the that would be. I think Shaq. You think you could keep Shaq cheaper than than Bradbury? Yeah, I think so. And and as far as him not turning the ball over. I, th- I think that's a little overstated. I think it matters. Turnovers matter. Don't get me wrong. It's the biggest cliche answer from anybody, right? It's, hey, we got to turn the ball over this week or we won't win. I understand the importance of it. But also, when you're talking about just the type of coverage, if you don't get the ball thrown to you all that much, then you're not going to have as many opportunities. If you go down to Richard Sherman, it's funny to see the breakout corners. I think they have one really good year where they intercept quite a few passes, yep. and it's early in their career. And then after that, that's the career high they set. I think it was the same way for Darrell Rivas, if I'm not mistaken. Like, you get some of those lockdown corners. That's the M.O. on them. This was their career year. And even Josh Norman, remember, it was at the beginning of the year where he had all of his interception, and at the end, they're not throwing to him anymore on that side of the field. He doesn't get as many interceptions in 2015. Of course, we would know what would happen there with Carolina. I, I don't mind as much him not turning the ball over, and I, I, I like Dante and James Bradbury as my outside corners a lot. I really like that tandem. Hopefully, Dante continues to develop, but I, I thought he played well. I mean, Brandon Cooks yeah. didn't do anything. And no. the, one, the one deep shot they took, Dante was right there with Cooks. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think that when you look at... Yes, it's that is kind of the knock on Bradbury. He doesn't get interceptions, but Josh Norman had three interceptions in the first three seasons. Bradbury had six, I think, in his first three. So it's like everybody likes to think of Josh as this guy that picks off all kinds of passes. What happened was he had two touchdowns in 2015, and that's what everybody remembers. He rode a horse. He's riding the – yes, yeah. absolutely. That's exactly what I Bandit remember. Bandit or whatever. <laughs> yeah. If Bradbury Happy has Gilmore some did. sort of crazy – has like a 98-yard – interception return and then does any sort of celebration then we're going to be like well james bradbury turnover i mean this guy has a nose for the ball and it's like i i just think that sometimes you get caught up in these narratives and to me there are there are key positions in the nfl it's not just to me it's to everybody there's quarterback there's left tackle there's corner and um and then running back there there are a couple other ones but to me corner is such a huge position and outside linebacker is not a huge position you can when you when they draw up game plans they're not like well we got to attack that outside linebacker because it's a weak spot and i think that the drop like off between like i think run the, at the weeks at the 210 pounder they but you can you can hide that if you have a bad corner on the left side that's you're in trouble and i think that as we've seen in Seattle last year when they brought in Cornelder on the outside and Seattle was like, oh, we're just going to throw at this guy every single play because that guy can't stop us. And to me, the drop-off from Shaq Thompson to Jermaine Carter Jr., even to Andre Smith, is not as much as the drop-off between James Bradbury and, say, Kevon Seymour or Ross Cockrell or... Well, the, the, number, next- the, the, the answer for your number one corner is not on the roster, unless you're saying it's Dante. I mean, there's sure. I mean, that's so what that, it would have, would have to be. It have yeah, to be Dante, have to just, and then you bring in another guy to be. Right. The, and then we're doing it again. How many years that's, are that's we football. searching for a corner? But that's football. That's football. That's what the, that's what happens to the roster. Well, I, I also think linebacker is almost the running back of the defense. 
when it comes to drafting those players. I think when you talk about running backs, sure, you can have a big discrepancy in how good a running back is compared to another one. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey is one of the best in the league. But if you wanted to settle on a third-round running back, you can find really good ones. Linebacker, I think, is a similar position there. I think finding a really good cornerback I think that's tougher to find in the draft than it is a good linebacker. And so if you were asking me what position do I want to replace, linebacker is my answer because it's just easier to do so. Is it, but they, they also did play a lot of nickel. And so now all of a sudden you, you've got Luke and a, a second-year guy versus Luke and Shaq. I mean, things things do change there too. And, I, I mean, we can go round and round. But I, and I don't know. I can I just, go round and round by myself. Yeah, I can I argue both ways. You said linebacker is the running back of the defense. I like that. That's a fun. That would be like if we had a. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And you get it right. Like it's just it, it's just we always have that conversation. Apparently, I don't know if that's a taboo argument here with the with the running back. Do you pay him or not? Yeah, right? no, it's, it's, a, it. right. it's an argument. Here. <laughs> yeah, no, no, right. I, 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 Josh said, well, people say you're stupid if you pay. I'm like, well, then they're idiots. I don't care. I'm just we're paying right. Christian McCaffrey. Sure. Move along. <laughs> no, I get you. But right. It, it's, you know, running backs. We always have this conversation. What is the philosophy there? You can find them later in the draft. And there's countless examples. You can find some of the best of the best in Camara. You can find the Philip Lindsay, or you can just go ahead and solidify and take a good one in the first round. When, sure. Cause when you take a good one besides Trent Richardson they're really good but that's the thing you take great players Saquon mm-hmm. Barkley and Christian McCaffrey are great players the, Larry Fitzgerald's a great player is if he plays a different position is he not a great player like you absolutely take great players to me you keep great players or you keep the top tier talent I don't care if they play a de- depleted position you take the best players and to me that's Christian McCaffrey on this team. the way to make your team bad is to sign Average players to huge contracts. It is not nobody has made their team bad the by signing Sorry. a great player to a huge contract. When a player is great, you can afford to pay him big money. Yeah. When you're when you are Matt Stafford, you cannot be you cannot afford to make thirty million dollars a year. When you're Jimmy Garoppolo and you make thirty million dollars a year, you cripple your team. But when you're Drew Brees and you make forty million dollars a year, your team can still be good because you're yeah. still Drew Brees. Plus, like you would never, you'd never make a defensive tackle the highest played player on your defense. Well, what about Aaron Donald? Like the, because he is an exceptional talent, and that's the thing is people want to group everybody in these positions. Instead, you need to look at the player and what that player brings. And Saquon Barkley and 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 Ezekiel Elliott and Christian McCaffrey and their ability to stay on the field for three downs is huge if you want to run up tempo, which is another thing that people love to do. You don't have a we got the back over here that can actually get in somebody's way. We got the back over here that can actually catch, and we got the one that can get a yard between the tackles. Nope, you got your dude, and that matters. It's it's just about making sure you're identifying your talented pieces, and it doesn't matter what position they play. I thought even kicker, you can even pay a kicker three million dollars. I thought, oh my, <laughs> never really came full circle on that one. <laughs> yeah, almost, uh, I don't think we stuck the dismount. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> almost. Uh, I thought Brendan said something really interesting last week on this show that he was like, you know, either you extend him next, like as soon as he's able, or you just complete continue to ride yes. him for one hundred percent of the snaps for the next three seasons, and then you. Let him go make yeah. eighteen million dollars a year somewhere and, else, and then you have the conflict morally of doing that, right? Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, then, I mean that not that you can and be a general manager in the league, but sure. then you do have that conflict, and you have to wonder what is the best thing for the Carolina Panthers to do. Yeah, Christian I think McCaffrey the, would be their best. Their their running back for t- ten years is the best answer. It'd be better than having him. I'd pay carry him, more yeah. for six years. I'd pay him. Yeah, I think we we did this thing last year where we did the fantasy draft of the Panthers roster and Chris McCaffrey went first overall for and we had a kind of an argument about how Cam Newton had was declining in his 
value as Christian McCaffrey was kind of ascending. And I think that's not even an argument anymore. I think Christian McCaffrey is the most important player on this team by a lo- by leaps and bounds. And I get that if Chris- if Cam Newton gets hurt, then everybody thinks that Kyle Allen and the season is dumped. But if Christian McCaffrey gets hurt, the season is just as over. So I, I think, I think that- it's more over, to be honest with you. I really sure. do. Well, now we're just debating like levels of overness. I think once it's over, it's well, over. No, I, I, but I don't think <laughs> it's, it's like over. Descartes. Like, like once it's dark, it's dark. Wow. <laughs> 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 Peanut gallery. That didn't show up on. Uh, that didn't show up on uh, on the. That's why we have the new mics. Yeah. I would say they have a better chance of making the playoffs with Kyle Allen the quarterback than they would with Christian McCaffrey out. That's what I would say. Yeah, that's fair. I would agree with that. Let's take a look at this Tampa Bay game. We've talked about Cam and his shoulder. What about the rest of this offense? What does this offense need to do Thursday night? I didn't want to say tonight because now I'm confused about <laughs> what to say. It's Thursday today. Today is Thursday. Today when is Thursday. The, when the podcast releases, it's Thursday. Friends is on tonight. Seinfeld. Caroline <laughs> in the city. TJF is tomorrow. Yeah, TJF is tomorrow. Just bring out Caroline in the city. Yeah. The single guy. What are some other... Thursday night shows, must see TV. Scrubs. Mm. Was Scrubs on Thursday? Man, Scrubs so underrated. Uh, It is my answer for most underrated sitcom. You're absolutely right. Scrubs is the most underrated sitcom. Now, do you get particular about seasons, or do you just kind of broad brush? Celebrate the whole catalog? Yeah. (laughs) The whole catalog. Yeah, I celebrate it all. I mean, look, there are certainly better seasons than others, but if we're going to talk about underrated sitcoms yeah. or just sitcoms as a whole like give me scrubs it, it's up there with all of the best ones yeah i like i like all the care that's the thing is like all the care there are no characters i'm like this guy we got an episode about carla now mm-hmm. i love carla no, carla's the yeah. best turk episodes are the best though. i think we can all agree. Tur- I agree turk is amazing yeah um they gotta run the ball a lot back into it i think it's speaking this- of scrubs the yeah. tampa bay bucks yeah, right ah, <laughs> you just nailed that one um I think that they the first thing they have to do is they have to catch it when Jameis throws it to him, um, because I think he's he's going to a couple times at least twice tonight, and I think that they have to you have to turn these balls into turnovers. That's what they have been. That's what they said all training camp. That's why they signed Trey Boston. Is that when when there is the opportunity when you create pressure on the quarterback and you make him make a mistake and Jameis makes mistakes when you create pressure on him. You have to catch the ball. You have to turn those turnovers. You have to turn those mistakes into turnovers, turn those turnovers into points. And they weren't able to do the second thing on Sunday, and they're going to have to do both tomorrow night because you can say, yes, the Bucks are not as talented as the Carolina Panthers, and they're not as good. But to think that they would not love to come in here and and take advantage of, uh, of DJ Moore fumbling or Cam Newton maybe throwing it inaccurately and – make some things happen and start the Bruce Arians era off with an upset victory on the road. I mean, they would, they would love to do that. So I I think that you can't take these light, these things lightly, but you got to lean into your offense and your offense is hand the ball to Christian McCaffrey and let him, he's averaging like almost seven yards a carry. Just let him work. Let him eat. Yeah, and you talk about them in the trenches. They're not very good. I mean, we had Jenna Lane on the wake-up call on Wednesday, and you talk about 
what the offensive line is still for them. They've never been able to build a solid offensive line, and so the pass protection's not good. I think the pass rush was there against the Rams. Yes. They just did not throw the deep ball, and the defensive line didn't get home. Mm-hmm. But I think Kwan Short played well. We all saw uh, Brian Burns have a couple of standout plays that he was able to get to Jared Goff, and he was so close. He even had a comment about it this week, how he was frustrated because he was so close to getting to Jared Goff, but just couldn't quite get there. I hope they get there against Jameis, and even if they don't, like you said, they are going to throw it to some Carolina Panthers. Jameis yep. is going to do that, and to create some turnovers would be big for them. The one thing is, they actually ran the ball pretty well against San Francisco. Yeah. Ronald Jones is a running back they drafted out of USC pretty early. I believe he was a second-round pick for them last year. They've kind of been without a running back since maybe two years of the muscle hamster, and that right. was it. And so you wonder, with this team kind of struggling, giving up big plays on the ground we saw that in preseason Mm -hmm. we saw that in week one even with Todd Gurley and Malcolm Brown and you know Malcolm Brown this is the first time I think he was kind of introduced to all of the NFL fans saying no this guy's actually pretty good or is it just Carolina's not very good at rush defense right now I, I I would tend to believe that maybe it's a little bit of both but we know that the Carolina Panthers defensive line has had trouble stopping the run if you can't stop Ronald Jones, even if he did have a good week one, it's going to be a problem, and they're going to be able to move the ball down the field a little bit. One other thing is I'm interested in the, the Godwin-Jackson matchup. Yeah. So if if that's who Jackson is guarding, and I would imagine that is who he's covering, you would imagine Bradbury's on Mike Evans and Godwin-Jackson. Like Usually you have Jackson on the small, speedy guy that isn't all that strong. Godwin's a big dude. Like He's physical, and I wonder if he's going to be able to go up for some 50-50 balls like Jameis Winston likes to throw, sure. and Godwin would be able to come down with them. I, I'm cool with Bradbury. As good as Mike Evans is, I think he's really good. I We've seen Bradbury have success. Godwin is someone that is maybe in his breakout year this year, in his third year. A lot of people liked him heading into this season. That'll be a matchup that I'm watching. I'm interested in that one. I think they're going to try and put Godwin in the slot, too, and they're going to try and get that match. They're going to try and force that JV and Elliott matchup that I think they – I mean, they, they know who JV and Elliott yeah. is. So mm-hmm. I, I think that, you know, obviously we talk about this Gerald McCoy revenge game. Obviously, uh, it's also the JV and Elliott revenge game. Huge, huge for him. Hey, let's not undersell that. Yeah, it's a huge storyline. <laughs> as is a lot of Elliott jerseys in the crowd. Um, I, I think I'm that, wearing mine. Yeah. Uh, that's a jumbo Elliott jersey you're wearing. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. I wasn't going to say that, but that's true. Um, Elliot from Scrubs, also a good character. Um, I think that, it, to me, it's... <laughs> oh, oh, now the podcast has run long. <laughs> we can tell. It's getting a little bit loopy. Um, I think that, to me, you do... It's going to be hot again on Thursday night. You want to try and wear this defense down. And to me, it's just, you saw Christian just, he looked fresh in the fourth quarter. He had that like 17-yard run. I think it was a 24-yard run, actually, where he was just breaking tackles. And and just like, he just looked better than everybody else halfway through the fourth quarter. Everybody else looked gassed, and he looked like he was fresh as a daisy, and he had played every single snap. So I think you just let him lead you, and he should be getting the ball. I know we always talk about like run, run, pass is the bad. Just do it. Like I'm, I'm ready. I'm here for this. Maybe it's got to be, maybe you have to pitch it to him. Maybe you throw some screen passes, but whatever you got to do to get it new to his hands, let him touch the ball 24, 26, 28 times a game. Well, let's just do it. How about their two minute drill? They try to give the ball in Cam's hands, but 
it's Christian McCaffrey is running as a yeah. part of your two minute drill because it was more effective. It was like high school football where you just give it to your stud running back and let him get 20 yards of carry. That's what McCaffrey was doing. They were not effective at the beginning of that two minute drill to try to score when Cam Newton was throwing the ball. And then it's Christian McCaffrey running. And, you know, you know, there's a couple of chunk plays and he scores a touchdown. Yeah, I think you have to you got to see. I need to see a little bit more from Curtis Samuel as well on Thursday. I think that he obviously he's a guy that I think if you get the ball in his hands, whether it's on smoke screens, whether it's on reverses, whatever gadget plays, whatever they are, he need I, he had this breakout season, training camp MVP, whatever, whatever. But they need him to make that leap if they're going to be this elite offense that they want to be. And I, I I would just like to see it start on Thursday. Are we ever going to shed the DJ Moore fumbling thing? Or is this just the thing now? It's a good question. Because, I don't know. Man, and you just hate it for him, like, first game. But yeah. this, is his, this is his thing. And it makes Samuel even more important if, if Moore is going to have this recurring issue you know, week after week. Four last year. Mm-hmm. One already. You know, you've got five. And, and, and even a, a guy that didn't play all that much at the beginning of last season. So there yep. weren't too many opportunities for him to fumble the ball. He still finds a way to do it five times. And the guy is a violent runner. He's so fun when he gets the football in his hands. I mean, he will try to run over you. He's as physical as as any wide receiver. I mean, Steve Smith was crazy physical. So was DJ Moore. But when he tries to get those extra yards, you just see the peanut punch work on him a couple of times already. And it was a good play. It wasn't Mm -hmm. just like he was, you know, on Sunday. It wasn't just him being loose with it. Um, That guy had a great game, by the way. Little John. I mean, he was, woo. Little John? Little Tim. (laughs) He was okay. <laughs> um, the the thing about James, I think it's so funny that it's like his he is so on brand. Like if, if Panthers didn't watch, he threw three interceptions, including two pick sixes in week one, and yet still, like even with that performance, you're like he's got a brand new coach. Nah, not James. Mm-hmm. He, we can still count on him throwing some week two. Like he is. That's just. Well, is he just? <sighs> he's, I, I don't know how to phrase anti, this. He's, he's just, anti-cam in the sense of he'll throw it up. And give you know fifty fifty balls. Whereas I think Cam, when Cam throws it up, he he's will try to make sure that. And this sounds like a good. Thing, he'll try to make sure it's not intercepted. <laughs> but I think at the, sometimes at the expense of it, also can't be caught. Yeah, no, that's that's actually a good point. I I think that my, what I was going to ask is, do you guys think Jameis is just gone? Like he's just he just can't be a good quarterback in this league. Well, that's like, the, it, it, I I if you would think that Bruce Arians and not, I mean not that. You know, an offensive coordinator, an offensive mind. This is a guy that they brought into that system, like or to to work with Jameis. You think if if not if not with Bruce this year, then I don't. Then who? Then who? Yeah, nobody like, is the answer. I'm with you. I mean, if it's not Bruce Arians, who we've seen have so much success now, you have had better quarterbacks. At least what they've shown to this point. You have one example of having somebody that was absolutely crazy talented in Andrew Luck when Bruce Arians was with Indianapolis. Sure. So, of course, I, Andrew Luck's going to make a lot of offensive coordinators look good. But remember, Carson Palmer was left for dead. And then all of a sudden, he yep. has a competitive MVP season where people maybe wanted to give it to him instead of Cam Newton. He resurrected Carson Palmer's career, understood the kind of skill set. That was a great wide receiver group that he Carson had. And Bruce Arians, of course, wanted to utilize a lot of those guys. So he resurrected Carson Palmer's career. You have Jameis Winston. It's a different project. Instead of the old, washed-up guy that you have a reclamation project with, it's someone that should be a lot better than what he's been based off being the first overall pick. 
And if Bruce Arians can't get that after having a couple of very good examples, we know Bruce Arians is an offensive guy. If Jameis doesn't do anything this year, then you have to be done with him if you're Tampa Bay. As much as it, as, as tough as it is to move off your number one overall pick, then you're just holding on to something that you just can't let go, and it would be a problem if you don't. Yeah, it'll be interesting though, because Arians is a guy that traditionally, I mean, has not used a ton of tight ends, and yet you look at like the offensive skill position players for the Bucks and OJ Howard, first round pick, and you know, Brait. Like you've got, they've got good tight ends. So I, you know, we'll see how they end up using them, but. Um, if 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 not for if not with Bruce Arians, then I like he'll get it. He'll get another chance to be a backup somewhere. But this is this this is the last season he'll go in as a starter. You have to imagine. well, and it was or, really close last year. I mean, we were re- it was really close to him you know, them moving on from him. It yeah. was the Ryan Fitzpatrick yeah. show, and then Jameis Jameis actually played okay the last part of the season. Just the damage was already sure. done, so we checked our attention elsewhere. We didn't right. pay attention to, it, but he's actually okay the last, I don't know, handful of games that he played, but it was probably just enough for them to say, eh, you know what, I'll roll another year with Jameis. Let's get this offensive guy to fix the rest of the season for him, and it probably was a mistake to go with Jameis. Not Bruce. I'm huge Bruce Arians fan, yeah. but Jameis probably was a mistake. 2015, the Cardinals had more touchdowns than punts. That's insane. insane. So I was just looking to see if Carson Palmer had gotten any MVP votes, and he got one. So uh, Cam Newton got 48 in 2015. Well, Tom Brady also got one because mm-hmm. everybody, somebody has to vote for him every year. Brady! <laughs> Always. Um, yeah, I, I think that, it, to me, he would be, he would be a great uh, poster child for the XFL because let him go over there let him be like the big i mean his contract's gonna be up after this year like and so somebody is either going to sign him to a minimal deal so ah bring him in for the vet minimum right and then he can he can compete for a backup job he'll compete with whatever like ryan Tannehill or brian hoyer like is this who Jameis wants to be or does he want to go to the xfl and be the 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 face of that brand i don't know for me that's what i would do you think they'd open up with Luck and Winston week one of the XFL? Yes. Or do you think they would man put Manzel in there? I was then, thinking Manzel. Yeah. yeah. yeah Manzel yeah. over, over XFL. Genius? Yeah. It's Manziel. 100% Manzel. Little Manzel Luck action week yeah. one. Is Manzel <laughs> just going to always sign with these, like, until he's like 60 years old? It's like Manzel. It's like, yeah, he's going to hand off to OJ Simpson. Like, they just don't care. They're just going to hand, <laughs> yeah. they're just going to hire, bring in anybody that has a name and they're in. Does anybody follow OJ on Twitter? By the way, yeah, we Howard? all follow. <laughs> you, you can't, you can't stop watching it. It's, it's very uncomfortable. He gave. But you AB. follow the juice. <laughs> A rental. <laughs> Listen, he went on that AB rant. Was that yesterday when he put that you video out? You follow the juice. And you gave him a click, huh? That, that was it. It was just very uncomfortable. The luck rant was so much better. The fantasy <laughs> when he's in the fantasy draft, like who's in OJ's league? It's crazy. <laughs> I saw somebody ask today, "Who's filming these videos?" Oh, that's actually oh, a really that's a good great. point. Who is that guy? Cato. Is that a good joke? <laughs> I don't know. I was, was going to say Al Al Callings. <laughs> <laughs> he drives her to the golf course and then shoots the video. You know who's shooting the video? One. It's me, AC. <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm Jamal Warner. <laughs> God, what a good show that was. Talking about good shows, I can watch that again. American History, the O.J. Simpson one. Did you guys watch that? I did I not watch that. Oh, my God. It. We should pause the show, and we should all watch it. <laughs> it's so good. I didn't finish it. I started it, and then for some reason didn't. I was having a lot of trouble with um, David Schwimmer. With Ross that. Geller? Yes. I was having a lot of trouble with that role. He called him Juice so much. Juice. 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 It made me uncomfortable. Did I, that can't be the real thing. I just, I'm sorry. No. 
No, sorry. I'm a big swimmer head. Do you guys think they're going to break out the three four this year? This week? This year? <laughs> this year? This year? <laughs> yes. Practice this, it all. Yes. Because I, I, the Rams are a r- more run based offense than most um, out there. I think that's the reason they suck with the four three because we do see that. that Luke and Shaq have uh, additional issues in that three four with Lyman being able to get to them. So I think against the run, that was why that was why they did stuck with a more four three. Um, but we know with Arians and that attack, they'll be passing the ball. Well, they kind of told us, right? I mean, they have so many good receivers. When you have a slot guy, that you're always going to have to have a nickel, and then also, you know, it, they talked about what is seventy percent of the time they probably are going to be in that nickel package. I think that's the number they kind of put out there, where they're going to have that kind of defensive line that they used against the. Rams I, I agree I think they are going to change it up a little bit we'll finally see that a little bit more of what we had talked about really all offseason yeah I, I agree I think the the fun part is that they talked about this multiple defense like so much and we all were like whatever Ron it's a 3-4 but then it's like well I mean if they can run out this 4-3 then they run out this 3-2-6 that the linemen hate and then they they can run out a 3-4 like they're I mean the more you can if you're bringing in a new wrinkle on defense every week that seems pretty good. Like that seems very formidable for an offense, mm-hmm. especially if you're like Kyler. If you're like a rookie quarterback coming in in week three, Kyler Murray, and you just have no idea what the defense is going to look like. It's like, well, they run. Sometimes they run a four three. Sometimes three four. Sometimes they got six DBs out there. Sometimes they got Rashawn Galden. Sometimes it's JV and Elliott. Like though, sometimes it's you know Gerald McCoy lines up outside and tries and stands up trying to rush. Like that seems terrifying. That you know the thing weirdly that i just i wanted to point out brian burns put his hand in the ground and he was really good i thought as a like just straight rusher i thought that he was going to have the speed and you were going to have to have him have that rush that running start i mean there were there was a play where they had three man front with burns and haynes on the outside and they were still able to get pressure so i think that no matter who is out there they're going to be able to kind of bother Jameis all day or all night. The only thing you have to worry about in a situation like that, particularly against Arizona, as we fast forward past the the Bucks here, is you like uh, going. <laughs> well, we got to fast forward. We're going up tempo and getting caught in a in a uh, personal package. Like well, that. that's what happened with the Rams, right? right? Is they they went they brought out those sixty Bs and then they picked up the first down and then they're running Todd Gurley down JV and Elliott's throat and he's like, oh well, I'm I weigh a hundred pounds less than you. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be able to tackle anybody. Jameis has a what a twelve. Game losing streak on the road. <laughs> yeah, that's is that good? That's it's not good, but let's say by some miracle he breaks that streak. At what point is that a panic point for the Panthers? I mean, it's gonna be 10 days of panic points, right? Yeah, I panic. I hit it. I deploy it. I deploy it. I'll be honest, the, the, my panic doesn't really have to, or my anxiety doesn't really have to do with the score of this game. It's really gonna be about do we see cam throw deep do we like do we see the energy from one i i feel like this is way more about one than it is about the scoreboard just okay to let me two. ask you this do you panic more if we go zero and two or if, but and cam has a phenomenal game or we come out with a win Owens, i haven't eaten I, today so did that make sense <laughs> and, and cam has a bad game in yes. the win or yeah not great yes. i got yeah. you I, I would i mean if he i, I want to see him look I want to see, I want to feel encouraged about his shoulder. I I don't feel like we left Sunday's game feeling that much more encouraged about it, and, and not just for me, but we 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 know like we talked about it multiple times that when he threw deep at camp, like the players noticed. They know what's going on. They're no fools, 
And so I, I, I'm looking for the energy that, that, that number one normally brings. And I'm, I'm concerned that his, his shoulder has, uh, has a little cloud over his head these days. Yeah, I mean, we've seen Carolina. We've talked about the struggles that they've had at the beginning of the season before. You know, I, I don't know what the stat is. I know it's not good when a team starts 0-2, their chances of making the playoffs. But we've seen Carolina really struggle at the beginning of the season and actually go make the playoffs before. I mean, I don't, I don't know if that would happen again. The, you look at the schedule breakdown this year, though. The first half is considerably easier than the second half, at least the way it looks right now. Things can change, injuries can happen, but at least the way you look at it right now, the second half of the season looks pretty brutal compared to what the first half is. Sure. And if you go 0-2 and you lose a couple games you're not supposed to in the first half, which Tampa Bay, would that would be one that is in that category – then yeah, I think that would be time to panic for me. You know, if if you're asking me, you know, your scenario, I want Cam to look good. I'm probably taking the 0 and 2 start if Cam Newton goes out and is accurate and throws for over 300, 350, something like that, a couple touchdown passes. I want that scenario if I have to choose. But you know, 0 and 2. If you lose games in this part of the season, the second half does not set up well for you. It, it's so funny. How can we, I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but it's mm-hmm. like, how do we get here from we were two weeks ago? Ah, this preseason doesn't matter, and now you look rusty, and it's like, oh these games do matter and we're rusty now like there's there's got to be some balance here yeah i think with me it's it's cam it's cam playing you know the well how many series he play three you know you get a little bit more of a sample size with the rams at this point you'll have more of a sample size with tampa bay and if he doesn't look good again in those two games and i think that's what gives me a little bit more of that feeling so I, I I'm with you though. I mean, look, yeah, I mean, at some point you got to play good, <laughs> and yeah. sometimes you got to play well for these, you know, for us to feel good about this team. And if if he do, if he struggles against Tampa Bay, it's going to be a problem. It's the same thing with the deep ball. It's like at some point you have to throw it. Like you can go out in press conferences and be like, oh well, I'm I'm fine, my shoulder feels great. But at some point you have to see it on the field. And until I see it on the, the literally the first time I see it on the field, I'll be like, okay, good, we're yeah. good. Like yeah. I'm I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm done talking about it. But until I see it on the field. I, I, you got to keep. Or, you're still worried about it. Mm-hmm. You still got to. It's not like the like the Luke concussion thing. Like when oh, every time he goes down, like if he throws it deep, then it's like okay, good. He could throw it deep now. I don't care. Like I'm I'm moving on from this topic. But until he does it, I, I just I got to see it. Mm-hmm. Are you saying we're waiting to exhale? Mm. <laughs> what kind of references are these? <laughs> Scrubs, you liked it though. You really liked it. <laughs> that, that was quite the sound to tell him that you liked it. I'm just trying to fit in. Yeah. You don't look at me like that. Did I like it? Oh, you said mmm. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a sound Again, that seems. You you somehow played both sides of that <laughs> in a matter of like two seconds. If you didn't like it, I, I'd you know I don't know if I'd love or hate to hear the sound of something you do like. Yeah, mm. it's true. Yeah. Like that, Colin. <laughs> what about Gerald McCoy? What what do you see happening? Do you think he's going to just be playing lights out for this game? Is the storyline around him? Is he going to play worse? What do you, what do you envision? I think he's going to have. I think it's going to be real emotional right off the bat. I think he's going to get like washed out of the first couple series, and then I think he's going to just play regular. I mean, he's a defensive tackle. Like I, I don't think it's like. It, to me, I don't think that the emotions can affect you that much when you play a lineman position. I think obviously they can. You can play better. You can be stronger. You can have the power of the Hulk like you're trying to lift up a car and your baby's under there. But I think in reality that you can – don't shrug at me like that. That's a good reference. Uh, I think that you – I think that in reality it's not like you're playing quarterback and you like, oh, I'm going to overthrow the ball and be jumpy or like you're a running back and you might fumble the ball. I think, you know – they're gonna be. He's gonna have good plays. He's gonna. He's gonna have bad plays. But I think ultimately, Gerald McCoy is a better 
defensive lineman than anybody on the Bucks' offensive line. So if he doesn't have a good game, I think it's like, all right, well, what's happening? Why is it? Why are we not seeing him make an impact for two straight games? Maybe it's because he's a defensive tackle on the wrong side of thirty, getting one last contract. Which I mean, it, that's what happens with these defensive tackles. Is it a coin flip? I love Joe McCoy. I want him to play great, but at the same time. We we've had guys. Oh gosh, um, Cullen was it Cullen Jenkins one year? Everybody wanted to. Oh, got it. Oh, wow. We need Cullen Jenkins. We need Cullen Jenkins. And then his his brother Chris was uh, on the radio, former Panther, of course, and was like, "Cullen's looking to get paid." And you know what he did? He signed and got paid and didn't do a darn thing after that. But everyone here, because the last like this, these defensive tackles, man, it's tough living down there. It's tough look. I think Gerald McCoy cares a lot about this game. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. It, I mean, with, maybe it changes as the game goes on because, you know, <laughs> in, playing in the trenches is really rough. And so at, at some point you just are more cared about or you care more about that than you do the actual emotion of the game. But with the Warren Sapp comments against him, that was someone that he viewed as a mentor. That was somebody that he viewed as family. And then, of course, he comes out with the comments saying, I did view him as family. Not anymore since the comments where – he didn't like McCoy. He didn't like McCoy saying that Indomitian Sue shouldn't have that number immediately, right? I mean, it just didn't seem like a, a graceful leave from Tampa Bay. No. And it was graceful right up until they went back yeah, and did all this stuff. Right. And then, you know, McCoy felt agitated by a lot of this. And I, I wonder, as far as him coming to Carolina, you have to wonder the chance to play Tampa Bay. How much was that a factor in him choosing Carolina? Because there was more money Cleveland was offering him, if I'm not mistaken. I, I could be wrong about that, but I know that Cleveland was interested. Maybe it was Baltimore. That was the team that offered him more money. But I think there was another team that offered him more money. We know there was a couple of other teams that were interested, and yet he chooses Carolina, and they, of course, played Tampa Bay. I don't think that's something to just brush off of your shoulder. I think that's a real factor, to play Tampa Bay. And if that's one of the factors, then I do think this game matters a ton to him, and he is going to be pretty emotional, maybe throughout the game. Must have been some meal at Fern. That's what, that's what I would Flavors say. from the garden, Fern. <laughs> or bean vegan cuisine. They make That's actually a better vegan restaurant than Fern. Sorry, Fern, if you're listening. Boom. The, the other revelation That's is that in 2019, someone actually cared what Warren Sapp said. That was, that was the other part of this. Wow. Shots fired. Sorry, Warren, if you're listening. Oh, you know he, might che- he might cheap shot me like I'm in a yeah. Packers Friend offensive lineman. He's a listener. No, All right. Who's ready for game time? Game time? Game time? <laughs> So this is eBay Fun Time. Ooh, that's right. I'm Josh, running. I get to run this game, right? You're in charge yeah, of this, I did this game. game. Nice. So we're gonna utilize our full uh, Riot Network podcast studio, and we are going to. I'm gonna put a picture up here on the big screen. Uh, have you played eBay Fun Time? eBay Fun Time is where I find two to three. I would call them spectacular items on eBay, and I will uh, read you. Rare, what? I will rare read items. you. I will let you know. Yeah, very rare. I'll let you know. Uh, I'll answer questions about them. I'll read you the description. I'll show you a picture, and then you have to guess how much they're selling for. Okay. Uh, and so the first item up for bid, and I'm going to put it up. It's not really up for bid. It's just up for guessing. Put it up here on the big screen, and we'll see if this works. Oh, I have to. T- oh, oh, baby, things are happening. I'll go ahead and read this <laughs> while, since we are an audio medium. Whoa. This is a Carolina Panthers LED lamp nightlight. Its condition is brand new with a box, and you can get yours in time for the 2019 season. Might want to update that um, because I think you're a little bit late on that. It has seven different color settings, although I don't know why you would want to switch it from blue. 
Uh, its height is five inches, five and a half inches wide. And, uh, oh, it's smaller than I thought. Yeah, five, yeah, exactly. I couldn't tell mm-hmm. the size. From hard that to tell. That hard to tell things. height. Yeah, five, only five inches. Well, seven inches with the base. So I should tell you that. Yeah, still smaller than. Yeah, I thought. no, it's very small. Um, and it's that's like a snow globe. It's unused and unopened, undamaged, and it does come in the box. And how much do you think that this Carolina Panthers LED light lamp collectible Cam Newton home decor gift costs? Okay. They may have put that in for SEO purposes, but... (laughs) I didn't see that coming as well. So because it's so small, I think... I mean, I was thinking quite a lot of money. Wow. I mean, well, at first... It looks nice. It does. It does look nice. If it's that small, I'm going to start... I'm going to lock my answer in at $55. Wow, locked it in. All Mm -hmm. right. That's my answer. Nikki Wolf, where can they find you on Twitter? (laughs) (laughs) I... Gosh... I would say thirty two ninety nine. Wow, that's a specific bid. I don't know. Colin CLT. Uh, thirty three ninety nine. Wow, oh, your price is right there. Okay. Wow. What? I don't know what the sound is when all when everybody goes over, but I would go. Bow, 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 bow. Oh, bow, bow. man, I find that way more valuable. Apparently, twenty. <laughs> well, then you should go on to electronicbay.com <laughs> and purchase this for twenty one dollars and eighty nine cents. I like with free shipping, bay. yeah, is that not what it stands for. Um, okay, so that was our. So unfortunately, we have no winners in that one. Uh, this I is not. S- the people don't need to go look this one up. I want to save. I want to save the. Uh, I want to save the. I want to save the other one for the last one. This is my personal favorite. I'm going to read it to you, and then I'm going to put it up on the big screen here. Um, oh, it's not up on the. It's not on my photos. Oh, geez, here we go. Um, hang on, hang on, hold up, hold up. Sorry, apologies. Just stop talking, and then you'll know where to edit. <laughs> Is that how it works? No, keep this in. <laughs> yeah, everybody wants this. This. Is, this is good podcasting. Um, all right, so here we go. Uh, this is a Carolina Panthers medium number seven jersey, men's shirt. I'm going to read you the description here. Um, it's in good condition, no rips, no stains, and... Um, here it is. Uh, this is a Carolina Panthers medium number seven jersey. You may recognize it as a... Uh... Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, that's Byron Lefwich. That's a Jaguars jersey. <laughs> people don't understand the difference between Panthers and Jaguars. This happens all the time on eBay. Oh, uh, people wow. think okay. that it is a Panthers jersey, but it's not. That is a Jaguars jersey. How much do you think that costs? And I should tell you that it is used. It's Ew. not stitched, though. It doesn't look like. No, it is not stitched. Yeah, I would it? not call it official, mm-hmm. but it does have no rips and no stains. And if you're interested, from armpit to sleeve bottom, it's nine inches. <laughs> well, I've, I've got that measurement right up in that, right up in there. No, I have deep. always wanted a Leftwick uniform <laughs> to to wear. Uh, so I'll say forty nine ninety nine. Offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. Um. Also. On Good Morning Football, is that the name of the show on NFL Network? Mm-hmm. It yes. is. They did whiteboard today and said who's the most important person, or most. the wording was most important player Thursday night, and someone said Byron Leftwich. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. And so, I was like, oh. But okay. you, how much would you bid for his jersey? Um, Personally, I don't think I would take it if you gave it to me. Yeah, but that's fair. I have to give <laughs> a price. How much is a, a used weird looking jersey? Twenty three. What did you say? Uh, my my bid is locked in. I forgot what you said. Though. <laughs> well, well, once it's locked attention. in, <laughs> there's no getting that thing out. 
it wasn't twenty three ninety nine, was it? I don't believe it was twenty three ninety nine. Great. Yeah, I'm gonna. Maybe I just value things more. I, maybe I just have. Maybe I'm. So naive. I just want to be clear here, just so everybody knows, this is a used uh-huh. Byron Leftwich jersey, yes. non-official, <laughs> and you guys are valuing it. You think it's more expensive than what they just said? Well, not now. I'm looking at the price, answer. and I need to tell you that it is not. All right. Well, I will meet in the middle then. I appreciate you. You could have been nicer about it. Uh, I'll go. At, uh, give me. I'll go thirty bucks. Bap, bap. It is $6.30. Oh. It could be yours. That's <laughs> would, actually a deal. I, That's actually Before a deal. I got scared out of my original For, answer, I was going to go 60 I really 60, was. $60? You see it's used. I right? know. Like it's not, I just feel like people like value Byron jerseys. Like, is not, is not I thought, del- hand-delivering it to you. Know, eBay's crazy. Well, I, I feel I was like people overbid ask, all the time. Like, what's is the seller's name? B left which <laughs> it's actually that was gonna affect my bidding. It's actually Kathy Mark Forever, and they have thirty two thousand feet feedback stars. I don't know what they are on eBay. I'm I want to look at this profile later. Yeah, Kathy Mark Forever. The next one is a oh my god, is a spectacular, spectacular shirt. Uh, it's a Carolina Panthers T shirt, vintage nineties NFL football embroidered. Now it is made in the USA. And it's large, and you can uh, I can see pictures for it's a nutmeg brand, nutmeg mills, and it is embroidered. And here it is. Oh, oh baby, what is okay? That? What are, what is embroidered on this image? So I can tell you because I did not I did not uh, put the zoom on in in the on the big screen, but the Carolina Panthers appears to be embroidered. Okay. And I don't have this on the big screen, so I'll just show it to you guys. Oh, no, I can't because it has the price on it. I'll show it to this, you later. They put a picture incredible. of the blank black back on there as if to show that that's like a good sell. Is like, oh, mm. well, it's blank on the back, you mm. guys. So it's pretty nice. It's in good used condition. Good used <laughs> condition. It's, it's like in it. good used condition. <sighs> it is vintage, and it is made in the USA. This is this is a special shirt. Like this is this pre this may be before they played a game. Now before you say a price, I need to tell you I need to tell you an additional piece of information. Uh-oh. This shirt is actually on sale for 30% off. So, I will take either mm-hmm. the full price or the 30% off sale price. You don't have to do the math on that. You just let me know which one you're kind of thinking it is. The small neck on these uniforms is kind of tripping me out a little bit. I'll speak for myself and say I could not get that uniform on. <laughs> I mean, that is a, that's like a blanket. It's like uh yeah, yeah like it's a like Ted, It's like if Ted Ginn <laughs> was wearing... Like Vita Vea's jersey, yeah. Like they got like, like a nineteen or like Beetlejuice after he after they shrink his head. Yeah, uh, this is a, this really is a special. It special really is. item. The Keyshawn Johnson Charles Johnson special. What? The double Johnson. What are these? Those are logos. So that's a so that just says trademark oh. NFL. Okay. I didn't know if there was something specific written there. I don't know if you were doing like a cool meme like what are these? <laughs> nineteen ninety five. Wow. Okay. Is that with the thirty percent off? Oh, good question. Uh, are you hosting? Are you gonna? Get, are you guessing two numbers over there, or maybe I was just scattering my bets? Just scattering my bets a little bit there. I was trying to hit both. I was trying not to be asked. Okay. <laughs> my bad. My bad. Nikki Wolf. I will say with the thirty percent off coupon from Electronic Pay. 
Six ninety nine. Wow. Okay. I always get. Now are you now just to be clear. Six hundred and ninety nine dollars because you've been bidding insane recently. So you thought That's that me. Byron Leftwich jersey cost twenty five dollars. <laughs> you know, the, the Panthers really have upgraded the locker room in the last couple of decades. <laughs> looking at this, looking at this. My, you don't like the high school it locker looks like room? A high school. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. There's a lot that's in I'll, proportion here. I feel like I'm gonna go. I'll go original price. I'll say original price is. I'll say, fifteen bucks. Okay. All right. Well, unfortunately for you guys who bid so highly, this one has a very high value on it. So the winner today is Colin CLT with the only winning bid because you can have this shirt at 30% off for $48.99. (laughs) Buy it now. Now, I should let you guys know. How many bids are on it? It is blank on the back. So I don't know if that's going to bull you in there. And it is vintage, and it is made in the U.S. What is bulging in the blue uniform? There's, there's a lot. Like, look at the bottom. It's an uneven table. No, it's an. <laughs> look at that. No, that's you see bench. where that crease that's is? The be- that's the bench. <laughs> that's the, be- that's yeah, the bench. Are they right two though. benches, but one is protruding <laughs> a little further out? Because not, that's uneven. But it's shorter. Than, uh, yeah. And mm-hmm. huge. I mean, it's the bench just seems like it's humongous. Like, so wide. Why does it need to be so wide? <laughs> I just don't understand. I have so many questions. No, there's a there there's a lot of perspective issues with this. Yes. Yeah. I, it seems like that white jersey's not laying down. It seems like there's something holding that or propping that up off of the bench. Maybe that's just me. I'm not exactly sure, but there's a lot of perspective issues in my eyes. I'm going to, just in case you're listening on your phone and you're like, what the H are they talking about? I'm going to link to this eBay uh what is it called? Bid? Bid? Tre- Auction. Treasure. That's the word. This eBay treasure <laughs> uh, right there in the description of the podcast. Click it Has and buy it. On this? Or is it just like a buy it now thing? Should I pull it? It's a buy it now. Okay. I can add it to my cart or I can make an offer. Should I make an offer right now? I'm going to make an offer for $6.99. Do it. On the show. If he takes it immediately. <laughs> yeah. Done. I just bought a shirt. <laughs> done and done. Um, while he is doing that, Colin, where can they find you on all the um, the places? At Twitter, at Colin CLT. Um, Josh is at Josh Klein Rules, by the way. Walker, where can they find you? Yep, at Walker Mail, M-E-H-L. And where can they hear you? Uh, they can hear me on 730 The Game, ESPN Charlotte. I host the morning show, 6 to 10, The Wake Up Call. So you can click on our podcast, either Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, wherever you get it. You can click on uh, at Locked On Hornets, and also we have a Twitter feed as well. At Locked On Hornets is where you can find us. Josh, any uh, news you need to share or anything? I don't know. Did you buy a shirt? <laughs> did you win? They already placed a bid on a shirt. Um, what do you think the Hornets' record is going to be this year? Oh, no. I would set the over under at twenty two. Oh, I'll take the under on that. Are you all day? Yeah, yeah 20, all day. If you have to be historically bad though to lose under twenty, and I understand they're going to be really Again? bad. You're right. <laughs> right. <They're>, Didn't <laughs> they lose under twenty last year? No, went went under twenty. No, what did they, no, no, they were okay with. Yeah, they, they were, were close okay. to yeah. the playoff. I mean, right. they were in a playoff race. It came down to the last game. I I would set over under twenty two, and you know, give or take a couple games. That that's where I'm. I don't think they're going to be too much worse than that. I, I that's where I would say. You can't hear it, but the music is slowly fading up okay. while you're talking about the Hornets. Okay. Because I think we're all. I think everybody's like, okay, here come the Hornets. Mm-hmm. Nope. All right. Is that what's happening? (laughs) Podcasting at its best. This has been One Day Contract, part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Walker Mail, your One Day Contract is up. Everyone else, see you next week.
your side chick. I put the scene.